Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Steven Ellis And I'm Robert Wolfson And we are the gents Or the gentlemen Gents for short Yes, both apply Yes, it's not Dollars and Cents with a couple of gentlemen No (laughs) It could be if you want to be formal about it. That is true. Yeah, you're welcome to call us the gentleman. So, Rob, into February, and I need to bring this up. Okay. The Bengals. Oh, man. Thanks for uh, starting the podcast on a down note, Steve. I know. Appreciate it. Depressing. Well, my Giants were out, too. So. That's true. It was a very frustrating football playoffs for both of us. Yes. If you are a fan of any NFC East team... You kind of hate all the other teams. So it's going to be really tough for me to watch Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Although I, I tend to think they're going to I think they're going to take it. Yeah, and the Chiefs have been there three of the past four Super Bowls now. So it's been a little bit for the Eagles. I guess they've won recently. but Yeah, when did, did they win 2018 or, or so? 2016? Yeah, the Philly Special. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I was disappointed with the way the Bengals game ended, especially on a bad defensive penalty and who knows they could have lost in overtime but it's a team game Rob it's a team game it is true but yeah that was I think we were all sort of screaming at TV at that moment none more than no one more than me yeah that's what I was gonna say probably not more than you but Rob enough about football and how depressed we are that our teams are out let's talk a bit about what's happening in the markets Uh, and today we're actually gonna follow up a little bit on what we talked about in our first ever episode which was behavioral finance and I did go back and listen to it, Rob, and I will say the audio really is not great. I think we've come <laughs> a long way in terms of uh, the audio quality that we, we've got with our, with our podcast. We have uh, 42 more episodes of practice. Yeah, I don't know if our skill's any better, but maybe our technology is a little bit better. We'll leave that to the judgment of the listeners. That's right. So, Rob, let's get into it. And this topic today comes out of conversations that we're having with people things that we're hearing out on the street. And I mentioned that it's a follow-up to behavioral finance. Today, we're going to talk about the hindsight bias and specifically how the hindsight bias can often lead to overconfidence, right? This idea that you can predict events and the outcome often leads to being overconfident when it comes to investing, but it can also lead to regret. And I think we see a bit of that right now, looking back at situations and saying, I should have seen that coming or I knew that was happening or going to happen and I should have reacted to it. So now looking back with the benefit of hindsight and having a bit of regret. You're right, Steve. It's a great topic and I'm sure every one of our listeners has heard the saying, hindsight's 2020. So it's very easy to look back with the hindsight to know what happened, to think back and go, I should have known. So let's start by looking at what hindsight bias actually is. And I think most of our listeners are going to have a pretty good idea. I mean, you talked about it. Most people use that saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. So what it essentially is, and I won't use a clinical definition per se, because it is essentially a psychological phenomenon. But in layperson's terms, it's our tendency to look back at events that are unpredictable and to think that it was easily predictable or that we predicted that, we knew that, right? So looking back and saying, ah, I knew it all along. So we're going to talk about some of those things that we're hearing people say that about. 
things like inflation, rates going up, the market going down, you know, and looking back and saying, I knew that was going to happen. And again, from a perspective of regret, I should have done something about it at the time. So Rob, let's start with interest rates, because that's been a topic of discussion for the better part of the last year. So let's talk about interest rates. And looking back, say, we'll take a year. Let's just say, look back a year. And we should have known the rates were going to go up. So let's talk a little bit about that. And again, with the benefit of hindsight, we've seen obviously rates go up. But could we have predicted that accurately a year ago, certainly to the extent that rates have gone up? And of course, Steve, you can't talk about interest rates with, without also talking about inflation. And looking back, you know, to your point about a year, maybe even a year and a half ago, um, even the central bankers were saying that it was transitory. So even they didn't know that we're going to have the type of inflation that we've experienced because we haven't had that going back to the early 80s, so 40 years ago. Right. And if you were going to predict that inflation was going to be at the levels it's at, you would have had to have also predicted things like the war in, in Ukraine. Right. Right. I challenge anybody out there to have predicted that was going to happen. Maybe you did, but did you know the timing of it? And it, and it actually correlated. I, you know, when we look back at when Alberta in particular was reopening, it was sort of February, March, where they basically lifted all of the public health measures. That was the same timing as the war starting. So you would have had to have predicted that because that's one of the things that's contributed to inflation because it's contributed to higher food prices. So next step there is then you would have had to have predicted higher food prices. And what are some of the things that have contributed to that? It's not just the war in the Ukraine, it's you know, weather-related uh, right. and, and, and who can predict the weather. Right. I mean, it just kind of, that in itself kind of speaks to the absurdity of trying to predict these things is who can predict the weather. Right. And that's been one of the factors that's contributed to higher food prices, which in turn has contributed to higher inflation. Yeah. Another factor, Steve, is who could have predicted that we'd still be talking today about supply chain issues and disruptions. And of course, that's still another effect of COVID policies, China economy going through zero COVID policies and locking down again and therefore impacting all the manufacturing and the supply of goods that comes out of that region. Who could have predicted that still be talking about that today? I think if you're listening out there and you could have predicted what the Chinese government was going to do when the rest of the world's reopening and they're not, if you predicted that, we need to talk. We need to uh, benefit from this clairvoyance that you have. Now, of course, they finally relaxed those policies to start 2023, so that should help in the long run, but throughout 2022, that was definitely a lagging issue. Right. Another one I've heard, Rob, is, and this is more as it pertains to the markets pulling back, or more specifically, the tech sector is, we should have known when we look at what was happening during COVID, right, they were all ramping up, they were hiring, and now it's being looked at as over hiring, sort of that feast and famine idea. And we should have known those tech stocks were going to pull back. But again, if you go back to that time, with that benefit of hindsight, sure, it looks very obvious. But really, we haven't changed our habits a lot. Yeah, I don't know about you, Steve, but even a year ago, I was still shopping on my Amazon Prime account and going on to Google and YouTube and searching stuff on the internet. So Right. People are still working from home. They're still sitting in front of that computer. They're still getting packages delivered all the time, right. etc. I don't think we've necessarily changed our, our habits. With the benefit of hindsight, it's easy to say they're overvalued, they're expensive, etc. But 
those valuations certainly came about because of realistic growth in that industry. And the argument would be, has that growth really tapered all that much? I know you mentioned interest rates earlier in the episode, Steve, but I just wanted to bring the conversation back to that because who could have predicted looking back a year ago, at this time a year ago, uh, so February of 2022, we were buying GICs and getting 0.6%. Rates were really low, basically 0.25%. Who could have predicted one year forward that we're talking about 4.5% interest rates? I mean, typically when the central bankers meet, they typically meet about every six weeks. And if they do go on a tightening cycle to raise rates, it's usually 0.25% or 25 basis points every meeting. So in order, over the course of a year, so that's maybe six meetings times 0.25%, so that's maybe 1.5% of tightening or higher rates. So in theory, your typical raising cycle goes from 0.25 up to 1.75, not 4.5. So there's no way that we could have predicted that every meeting they're going to be half a percent, 0.75% for multiple meetings on end. So that was very unprecedented. There was no way that we could have looked back and predicted that. That's true, Rob, but there will be people out there that will argue that point. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode and talk about it and give these examples is to illustrate the point that if you're sitting there from the perspective of, I should have known and I regret decisions that I've made, or I should have done something different, I would have been better off. Or perhaps you're sitting there saying, I knew it all along and next time I'm going to do something different. Just to really take a look at it and try and sort of look at it through a different lens and not use that benefit of hindsight and the information that you've gained since that decision making was taking place. We also want you to consider that if you did know, what would you have done about it? And some of those decisions that you would have made, what the outcome of that might have actually been. So let's talk about some of those. So you knew rates were going up. You knew they were going to go up 400 basis points. So the question I would have for that individual was, in this scenario, what did you do about it? What decisions did you make around your investments? So let's just say, and you know that bonds work inversely to interest rates. So you know rates are going up, you know bond prices are going to come down, so you sold your bonds. You liquidated your fixed income portfolio. So what do you do with that money, Steve? It's going to go to cash, but a year ago, cash was only paying half a percent, if that, if you're lucky. So do you stuff it under the mattress? But now you're losing the purchasing power of your money. So you're, in theory, your money's worth 6% less than it is today. So that wasn't the right decision. Right. So you knew the outcome, right? You've yeah. predicted where rates are going to go. But again, the decision that you make around that, did that, did that really benefit you? So if you're not going to go to cash, Steve, and you've already sold out of your fixed income, the next asset class to invest in is the equity markets or the stock markets. We always hear all the time that the stock market is the best hedge against inflation, especially dividend-paying equities. So at that time, maybe you're still investing even in your technology stocks because to your earlier point, we were still living life similarly to the way we were during the pandemic. We're still maybe going to work a bit more, but still definitely a hybrid work environment. We're still shopping on Amazon. We're still watching our Netflix on TV. So we're not really living life differently than what we were the year before that. So we know the result of that would not have been any better than staying in bonds. Right. So I'm going to use another example because there's going to be people out there that said, well, I I never would have just bought tech. But there's lots of people that would have just bought Canadian financials. 
go look at a chart on Canadian financials last year. They didn't fare any better than bonds did. So in 2022, Steve, it was actually only the fourth time in history where both equities and bonds have declined by double-digit percentages at the same time for two consecutive quarters. So you could have predicted a very unpredictable event if you got that right. Right, Rob. And I think the point there really is just how unlikely it is that anyone really could have predicted something so unlikely or so anomalous. So all we can do, Steve, is no one has that magic crystal ball, so just stick to your long-term investment strategy, stick to your asset allocation model, rebalance regularly, and focus on your long-term goals. Yeah, that's right, Rob. And I think if there's someone out there that's looking back and has that hindsight bias, is looking at it and saying, I knew that was going to happen, I would have done things differently, I would challenge you to take 2022, frame 2022 and the market movements and the market events and say, I knew that was going to happen and really look at what you would have done and how that would have worked out for you. There was so much volatility in the market in 2022 that if you're reacting to every little thing that's happening, when are you getting out? When are you getting back in? When are you making those moves from fixed income to equity, vice versa? When are you going to cash? Really look at it and look at what the outcome would have been. And really just be honest with yourself as to you know, whether you really did know those things at the time and what you would have done with, the, with that information. I'm even going to expand on that a little bit, Steve. Even if you just stayed in equities, even the type of sectors that you're investing in, because we had a couple different quote-unquote bear market bounces where we had some volatility, then the market started to come back. Only lasted three, four, five weeks on the market, then we had another drop and, and then another rally back. It's really hard to time and try to get in and out, which is why we always say it's time in the market, not timing in the market, which always relates back to your long-term goals. So Rob, I think we've made our point. Stop looking back with the benefit of hindsight. Don't have that regret. Avoid being overconfident as a result and everything should work out okay for you. No one can predict the future. No one can predict the future. And if you can, again, give us a call. And We'd and love to hear from you. And with Friday's Lotto Max numbers. That's right. Or who's going to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> not the Giants, not the Bengals. You don't need to be clairvoyant to know that, Rob. <laughs> so the final point I want to make, Rob, is I alluded to our first ever episode on behavioral finance. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Apologies for the audio quality. We also talk early about some some planning So we talk about sticking to your long-term strategy. Go back and listen to that episode as well. I think it's important and really reiterates that point. And the benefit of lifestyle planning, not just looking at the numbers, but the qualitative factors that are really important to you and your family. Right, and I think at times like this, when we've had this amount of volatility in the market, you've got a little bit of discomfort out there with investors. It's a good time to go back and look at your lifestyle plan and focus on that more than looking at the movements of the market on sort of a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And if you want more information on lifestyle planning, please give us a call. I know, Steve, you love to chat with our clients about what really makes them tick, what's important to them, and how we plan to achieve those goals. Absolutely. So, Rob, with that, as always, I am Stephen Ellis. And I am Robert Wolfson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon.